This is the Drummer's Resource Podcast, session 50, and the, what, what, what is that? Oh man, got a whole crowd here, thank you so much, it's the 50th episode, so excited about it, let's get into it. You're listening to the Drummer's Resource Podcast, home of in-depth interviews with the world's greatest drummers and industry professionals, information, education, and motivation for drumming. And beyond. What's going on, everybody? Nick Ruffini here with the 50th episode of the Drummer's Resource Podcast. And I'm just, I'm amazed that that we've been through 50 of these already. And I just, I love doing them so much. And I just can't believe we're at the 50th episode. And First and foremost, I want to thank everybody out there for listening to this podcast, for being part of the Drummer's Resource community, for commenting on the Facebook page, for emailing me, and for for everything that you do to add to this community. I really do appreciate it. The Drummer's Resource would be nothing without all of you guys out there listening and, and participating and communicating on the forums and I really really want to thank you from the bottom of my heart thank you so much for giving me this platform to talk to everybody it really does mean the world to me so don't think that for one second I don't appreciate your time and and your willingness to listen and to contribute to this community because it's all about drummers and and drummers helping each other and that's what I'm trying to do here and I appreciate you guys like I said just giving me the opportunity to talk to have these guests and to just have the drummers resource and I'm just and I'm just so excited about it so thank you very much if you want to get more from Drummer's Resource, sign up for the mailing list at drummersresource.com and you will get a free copy of my ebook. Uh, and you also get a bunch of other tips and tricks and, and different things. And uh, you'll just be the first one to know about, about what's going on with the Drummer's Resource. And we got a bunch of stuff happening that um, is in the works. And we got a site redesign coming and a whole ton of other things. But uh that's for a later time to talk about. What we're going to talk about now is the do's and don'ts of gigging. And I, uh, I wish I knew how many, pl- how many gigs I've played, but it's in the thousands. And I see a lot of the same mistakes that a lot of people make while gigging or leading up to the gig or after the gig or during the gig or things like that. So... Excuse me, I'm going to go over just some do's and don'ts of gigging. I got these are kind of like my top 10 things that I see people doing that um, you know, that should be done and that shouldn't be done. So these are the do's and the don'ts. And let's get right into it. And as always, if you have any questions about anything, email me nick at drummersresource.com. Let's get into it. Number 1, the first and foremost of every gig situation to put it as the way Brian Fraser Moore said it in his interview, be on time, be on time, and be on time. Now, I know that a lot of people run late, and a lot of people say, well, I get there you know, in plenty of time to get my gear set up, or I get there in plenty of time to, uh, you know, to, to get, all, get all ready, and whether it's an appointment or getting to the gig or something like that. The thing is, you got to think about planning in advance for traffic, for unforeseen circumstances. You get there and your strainer on your sta- on your snare is broken. 
things like that. Uh, you may get there and, you know, the something happened with the singer's equipment. You got to help him fix that. I mean, I, I, you name it, I've been through it in terms of getting to the gig late, in terms of things being broken when you got there that weren't broken on the last gig that you need to fix, uh, the set time being earlier than anticipated. So give yourself plenty of give yourself plenty of leeway. I always get to if it's a, like a, if it's a club date, I get to the club an hour before the gig. It takes me 20 minutes if I'm setting up my own gear. It takes me 20 minutes to set it up. I'm there an hour early. I don't know what's going to happen. Excuse me, I had to take a drink of water. I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, I could hit traffic. The Like I said, something could be broken. And also, it gives me plenty of time to warm up because I don't like just jumping into a gig cold, and neither should you. It's like a pitcher going to pitch a baseball game and just walking out on the mound and start pitching without throwing some warm-ups. So... Get there early. Get there on time for the gig. I love the saying that my dad used to tell me all the time. If you're early, you're on time. If you're on time, you're late. And if you're late, don't bother coming. So get there early and be prepared um, You know, for when you get there to set up, get ready to play. And I'll give you one example. I had a gig that was about an hour and a half away from my house. And I left. I knew was, there was going to be some traffic. So I gave myself an extra hour. And I was still 50 minutes late. 50 minutes late, 50 minutes after the gig started. So do crazy things happen? Yes, but I planned in advance and it actually, unfortunately, still wasn't enough time to get there. And uh, and I learned from that mistake that if I'm going to be heading toward the shore and it's going to be during the week, or I'm sorry, over the weekend during the summer, I need to leave a few hours beforehand. So, um, so yeah, that's the most important thing is to just be on time and be ready to play when you get there and have everything ready to go. Cause people don't like waiting for people and you'll get fired for being late. Guarantee it. The second thing is goes kind of with this being on time thing is knowing what time the set time is and the location of the venue. It sounds so elementary that you're like, yeah, of course I'm going to ask what time the gig is and what time this, you know, what or where the gig is. But so many people, I've seen this happen numerous times where they may be playing at a club that they played at before and they say, oh, well, we always start at nine o'clock and it may turn out that guess what? You're starting at eight this week and it's happened. I've seen it happen. Uh, I've been in bands where it happened, where the bass player didn't show up. The guitar player didn't show up. Oh man, I thought it was at nine. Well, it started at eight or whatever the case may be. So you definitely want to know the times and you want to know what time the loading is because a lot of clubs... Uh, they only have load in between certain times. So there may be a load in between four and five and the gig doesn't start till seven. And if you get there at six, you're going to have some issues loading in some with the, with the way the stages are set up and you can't get in because the stage covers the door. There's a lot of things that go into it, but so know the times, the set times also know the load in times and the location of the venue. It sounds so elementary, but just make sure it's a, and especially the location, it's like if there's two locations, if you think it's here and it's there, it's kind of like what they say for an interview. I'm not suggesting that you like drive to the gig the day before because that's what they suggest for an interview, but at least like check it out on Google and just look to, you know, check your, uh, check your GPS, make sure you got the right address. Just make sure you're cool. Make sure you're headed to the same locations, especially if it's an area of town that you're not familiar with, or, you know, another, another part of the country that you're not familiar with. Just make sure that, that you know where you're going. 
Uh, number three is to know the material. And a lot of times people will listen to a tune and they're like, oh, I got it. It's it's a, you know, two, four groove. Yeah, it's easy. Snare on two and four. Boom. I got the, Okay. Boom. I got it. And you'll find out that you get to the gig and it's like, oh, man, I for, I didn't realize that they were going to do all these changes or they were going to do this or, or do that. And I've seen more guys that come into a gig and think that they are the best and they don't know the material and they were never hired again for the gig. So no matter if you think the gig is beneath you or if you never want to play the gig again or what, know the material because – your reputation for knowing the material spreads so fast. That's I don't know if you listened to the Mel Brown interview that we did, and that was um, that was drummersresource.com forward slash session thirty four, and he was saying that word started to spread about how much he knew the material, and that's why he started getting hired for a ton of gigs because they everybody knew that that Mel would know the material, and you know. No questions asked, and he's going to come in there, and he's going to play it like a pro. So check that interview out. It's drummersresource.com forward slash session 34. He talks all about that and a lot more about gigs in that in that podcast. Uh, the fourth thing is don't play during the setup or the sound check. So now, obviously, you're going to sound check during sound check. I'm not saying that, but... Far too often you see, especially at like if you're playing at a restaurant gig or a bar gig or something like that, and... The rest of the cats in the band are setting up, and I, I see this all the time. Like the guitar player setting up his gear, and the drummer set up already, and all you hear is and check out my licks. Look at all this stuff I learned. Boom, boom, boom. Check, check, check. It's so one. It's extremely unprofessional. Two, it's annoying to not only the people in the crowd and the the people, maybe if they're eating dinner or something like that, if you're playing, like I said, at a bar or a restaurant. And it's it's unprofessional and it's annoying to everybody in the room. So don't do it. I'm not saying don't warm up, but do it on a pad and do it if there's a backstage area in a green room, in your car, uh, outside somewhere. Just don't do it like on your drum set working out all the licks that you've been that you've been working on uh in your practice sessions so that is one thing that i see more times than not and especially like and between sets like if you're playing two sets or three sets don't go out there and start playing your drums during the set hey check this out let me show you this thing let me show you that thing it's 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 unprofessional so uh i just strongly suggest not doing it. Uh, and I see it all the time. So that's why I'm bringing it up. Just set your stuff up. I definitely check boom, 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 boom. Check, you know, check your toms real quick, make sure they're tuned up and then be done with it. Don't sit there and fiddle around with it and, and play all these different grooves and stuff like that. If you want to do that, then go out back on a pad and, and work out some stuff. So, uh, yeah, keep that in mind on your next gig. Uh, the fifth thing is to be polite and to be easy to work with. And again, this is something that, that sounds really simple and elementary, but people fail to do it. So the reason why people get hired again for gigs is, you know, obviously if they're on time and they know the material and they, uh, are not annoying and, but if they're polite and they're nice and they're easy to work with, nobody, I've heard, I've said this a thousand times, nobody wants to work with a jerk. So, you gotta be, you gotta be a good dude or a good girl. If you're, um, you know, if you're playing a gig and people got to like you, so you have to be 
you got to be easy to work with and you got to be polite to people like the people that work at the club, the, you know, if there's a booking agent or if there's tour managers and, and roadies and all that stuff, if you, if you're a jerk and people start talking about it, they're like, man, he's a great drummer, but like, he's rude to the sound guys. He's rude to the, to the uh, tour manager or to the techs, you know, then guess what? After a while, people stop hiring you. Word travels fast about your attitude. And if you have a bad one, it'll definitely, definitely hurt your career. And I know I'm not going to name his name, but I know a very, very successful pro level, like super duper pro level drummer. He's been fired from three major gigs, like major world tour arena gigs. And hasn't had a gig in about two years because of his attitude and everybody knows about his attitude and he's phenomenal. He's so good. I, I, I wish I could tell you what it is. I'm not going to put him out there, but he's so good and nobody will hire him. Nobody because he's a jerk. So it just goes to tell you that you can't get by just on your talent alone. You got to be polite. You got to, you got to be easy to work with. Um, number six, don't try to show off and overplay. And I know as a drummer, I'm the same way. We have a tendency sometimes to overplay. And as my college professor called him, chick getting licks, CGLs. And he's like, oh, yeah, man, that's a great chick getting lick because it's something that's like, look at this super flashy, super duper uh, fill that you've been working on or, or figures that you've been working on. And that may not necessarily be the right thing for the gig. So your main purpose is to be an accompanist and and play with other musicians and you want to make the bass player sound good. You want to make the keyboard player sound good. The singer, the guitar player, you want to play in unison with these people. It's not all about the drummer. It's not a solo instrument. It's a, it's a, uh, it's a instrument that is to be played with other instruments and your job is to support the music. So don't overplay and just play what's right for the song. And if you do that, that's what's going to get people talking, not about how you played these amazing, amazing fills every other bar. And, you know, we've talked about this before that, like, you're not going to get hired for your chops. Now, are chops important? Absolutely. And we're not I don't want to go down that whole road of talking about chops. But, yes, they're absolutely important. They give you headroom. And it's, you know, the analogy that that Daniel Glass told me before about do you want you don't want to be the Pinto driving down the street and totally maxed out doing 60 miles an hour. You want to be in the Ferrari doing 60 miles an hour, but you have tons of headroom. So keep that in mind that, yes, you want the chops, but you don't want to overplay and play everything you know on the gig. So, like, you're playing with this singer-songwriter, and it's like, boom, 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 nobody's going to hire you, or nobody's going to hire you again. And uh, just keep that in mind. So don't try to show off. Just do your thing. And, and I'm not saying to dumb it down and, and don't play to the full to your full ability. I'm saying just don't show off and overplay, but just play for the music. And I guarantee people will keep hiring you. Uh, number seven is a very simple one, and it sounds cheesy and it sounds corny, and but it's the truth. And that is smile. And you want to give off the sense of that you're having a good time that looks good from an outsider's point of view when they're looking in, watching you play. And if you don't think that image has a lot to do with your playing, you're wrong. And I, and not to be, not to be rude or blunt, but 
an image is part of the band. And if you're up there and you look like you're moping around or you look like you're not having a good time, that energy is going to transfer to the crowd. And these people are going to think, well, the bass player's not having a good time or the drummer's not having a good time or the, or the, or the uh, guitar player's not having a good time. Then I, I, you know, maybe I'm not having a good time or they may say, oh, maybe this isn't as cool as I thought it was. Or maybe they subconsciously will just not have a good time because of the energy. And I start, I said bass player first because, um, I remember we, I played in a band and, He's a dear friend of mine, Drew Pritchard. He was, he, we were in a band together for years and years and years. And at just one night he was in this really bad mood and he had like this sour face the whole gig and we have a video of it and it looks, and it's magnified on stage. And it's like, wow, he really looks like he's in a bad mood. Um, so Drew, if you're listening, I'm sorry, buddy. I didn't mean to pick on you, but, uh, but the one night of when we were playing, there's a video of you and he looked and he looked all miserable, which he was, I think he had a bad day or something. I forget exactly what happened, but, uh, but you can definitely, you can definitely see that from an outsider's point of view too. So smile. And, you know, even if you're not having the greatest time of your life, I'm not saying fake it, but it kind of fake it (laughs) just, uh, you want to give off the energy and give off the vibe that, man, hey, this is cool. This music is is sounding good, and uh, and you know you should be listening to this music and having a good time like we are on stage. Um, number eight is make sure you thank the people in the band, especially the people that hired you. And you know what I used to do, or I, st- I mean, I still do this, but I know a lot when I was coming up and I was always playing with new people and I would always ask, first of all, I would thank them for the gig. I would say, thank you so much. I really appreciated it. Um, you know, thank you for the opportunity. And especially if it was people that I really admired, um, because I was thankful for those gigs. I'm thankful for any gig that anybody gives me and you should be too. And I would always thank them after the gig. And the one thing I would always say is, is there anything that that I can improve on? Uh, is there anything that you would have liked to hear differently? Is there anything, uh, that you didn't like about what I was doing during the gig? And because I want to go home and work on that. So if you hire me again, then I'm ready to go. And I corrected the problems that you saw in my playing. So I would always thank the people for the gig. And even like the next day, text them, Hey man, had a great time last night. Thanks so much for the gig. I appreciate it. And that goes a long way. It's a sign of professionalism. It's a sign of gratitude. It's a sign of humility and, and it goes a long way. And so make sure you do that. Thank the people for the gig. Thank the other musicians. Tell them it was a pleasure playing with them and, you know, and always do that after the gig. It'll go a long way. Uh, number nine is don't get drunk. And that's for the guys out there that are 21 plus and, if you're playing at a bar or you're playing a gig at anywhere that serves alcohol, I'm not saying you can't have a drink, but I'm telling you right now, don't get drunk during the gig. It's one, it's a huge sign of unprofessionalism Two, it's going to affect your playing. And three, the same thing as being nice. This will spread too. And I know tons of guys who I know guys who've gotten kicked off tours in the middle of the tour because of drinking. And you know, it's just it's just a bad combination of playing and drinking. Now, can you have a beer at the gig? Sure. Can you have two beers at the gig? Sure, if you can handle it. You know, whatever whatever your threshold is. And I'm not saying you should be drinking during the gig or you shouldn't. I'm just saying that you should definitely 100% not be getting drunk during the gig unless you want to sound worse, you want to look worse, 
and you know you could end up doing something that you don't want to do there's just a lot of things that can go wrong with it and not to say that they would go wrong if you're drinking or had too much to drink but the chances are that much more the the chances are that much greater that something could go wrong so i always say you want to put yourself in the best position to succeed and one of those steps would be to not get drunk at the gig so take it take that as you as you want um but i know that a lot of people frown upon guys getting drunk at the gig and a lot of people lose gigs for drinking on the job. And, and I know a lot of bands that you're not even allowed to drink. I've played in bands where, uh, you know, no drinking during the gig. You can drink after on the bus or backstage or whatever, but not during the gig. And that's cool. I respect it because at the end of the day, it's a product. You're putting up, you're putting a product out there and you're there to entertain people. You're not there to be entertained. You're there to entertain people. And after your job is done and you're done entertaining, then you can go do whatever you want to do, uh, in your spare time. So, Take that the way you will and just keep that in the back of your in the back of your head that, you know, in the back of your mind that you want to be professional and and not be up there like a stumbling fool trying to play the drums. And the tenth thing is that I suggest is to promote the gig and bring people with you. If you're playing with a new group or you're playing with a, a new artist, a great way to show your appreciation and your gratitude is to bring some people with you, promote it on Facebook, promote it on Twitter. Uh, if there's tickets, link to the link to the places where people can buy tickets and just show your support because now if you get hired for this gig, you're part of this thing. Now, whether they hire you for one gig, 100 gigs, a tour, it doesn't matter. You're now part of this of this organization and you want to represent, it's like, you know, getting a job and whether it's a job for a day or it's a job for a year, you want to put your best foot forward. So promote the gig, you know, like I said, put it out on Facebook, on Twitter and, you know, tell your friends about it, bring some friends with you, try to fill the club. And that looks good for, to the person that hired you. And it looks good for you as a professional and as a person who has some reach. And because if you do all these things, all these 10 things that I listed, you know, now all these things are going in your favor. You're setting yourself up to succeed and bringing all these people. It's like, man, he brought a ton of people. He didn't, he didn't get drunk. He was, he, he played his tail off. He knew all the material. He was on time. He was polite. He was easy to get along with. He was happy. He was having a good time on stage. What's not to like, how do you, how do you not get hired again? You know? And that's, that's the biggest thing is, is, if you want to get hired again and again and again and again, J.R. Robinson said it best. He said, if you play a gig and you're not getting hired again after the gig, you did something wrong and you, that was your gig and you lost it. So keep that in mind. Uh, keep all 10 of these things in mind when you're, when, you're, uh, when you're gigging or you're trying to get gigs and stuff like that. I'm going to run through them real quick. Number one, be on time, be on time, be on time. Number two, know the times and location of the gig. Number three, know the material inside and out. Number four, don't play during the setup and during sound check or other band sound checks. Number five, be polite and easy to work with. Number six, don't try to show off and overplay. Number seven, smile and exude positive energy out to the crowd. Number eight, thank all the people in the band, especially the people that hired you, whether it's management or the artists themselves or whoever it is. Be sure to show your appreciation and gratitude for the gig. Number nine, don't get drunk. That's a, that's a self-explanatory one. And number 10, promote the gig and bring people with you. Put your best foot forward to show that you are in support of what is going on with the gig. 
So those are my top 10 do's and don'ts for gigging. And I hope you got a little bit of information out of that. And like I said, those are just the top 10 things that I see people doing correctly and people doing incorrectly and how people are getting gigs and losing gigs. So like I said, I hope that was, I hope that was uh, some beneficial information. And if you want to, if you have any more questions or anything, as always reach out to me, Nick at drummersresource.com. Hit up the website, drummersresource.com, sign up for the mailing list, and I will send you my ebook, Stick Control Variations. It's normally $9.99. I'll send it to you 100% free just for signing up for the mailing list. And visit us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash drummersresource, Instagram at drummersresource, Twitter at drummersrsource. And again, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for, for being a part of this Drummer's Resource community and for helping us get to the 50th episode. And hopefully there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds more episodes to come. So until next week, thank you so much for listening. Keep on drumming, and I'll be talking to you soon. Peace. Peace.